0: It's all okay, trust me, it's all You just need some Someone is calm and patient Submission, domination Archback, deep stroke, white wine We smoke, that's my best combination You just need some Dig with no complications You just need some You just need some Late night attention Unconditioned, all that you're missing my babe Fucked up, shouldn't even have to justify I get it, I'm on your side Guys get their way all the time Besides, pleasure not meant for one side You should just do what's best for your mind How about I just take my time You call up my line inside. You. Girls need love
1: too, I know. There's a little bit of a Drake Take Care vibes that I was digging.
2: Yeah man. There's also um the uh, the beat itself kind of it reminded me of like the, the Bryson Tiller don't days. You know, like two or don't three years ago. ago. Yeah. Just like that really kind of almost milky type of trap Cord if that makes any sense. That was amazing. When did that uh when did that come out?
1: Yesterday or something.
2: Yesterday? Damn. I like that a lot. Summer Walker? Yeah. That's the girl. Yeah.
1: But I like it because that that I I just, I mean her vocals were good, the beat was good, and then Drake the beat came, was amazing. Drake came in with those take care vibes, dude. I think and, yeah, I Drake came in
2: with just the smooth as, Drake vibe. As much as
1: I think Drake can be overrated at times, and I don't think lyrically he's that great great of a rapper. Right. I for the most part, he's pretty incapable. Of making a non-hit, like that's true. Like for the like as much I, I thought about this today in class. And I was like, you can hate on him all day as yeah. long as you want, but at the end of the day, the dude's basically incapable of not making hits. Like, that's true. Pretty he's, much everything he touches becomes a hit.
2: He's always got something tucked up his sleeve, especially when he gets into the smooth, silky, take care, Drake era vibe. Just, you know what I mean? He can do it all though. In like, that really mood, can. I don't think he's. I done got wrong. more
1: slaps than the Beatles. It's like low key, like
2: that's pretty dank.
1: I mean, it, it's dank because there's some truth to it. It's like, true. The dude yeah. has infinite bangers. If you look at his discography, include and you have to include his singles and his features. Of course, yeah. Then you're like, holy shit.
2: Oh, he has dropped some mad singles. Don't mad, give me, don't give me mad any, singles. I'm not
1: going to talk about it in his, any of his albums being classics, mm-hmm. but in terms of just songs, if you compiled like his top 50 songs, you're like, oh my god, these are all fucking hits. Like, it's oh yeah. insane. And
2: I'd say a lot of those would include features too, because when he features, man, I f- I don't know what it is, oh, but when he just under when under he under. just gets that one verse to just go in, it is insane. Oh. Also, we already started, by the way. Oh, we did. We're going.
1: We're going right we're live. now. Live? Are we actually live?
2: Yeah, I've been recording for the past three and a half minutes, because <laughs> I knew we were gonna talk about that song afterwards, and I wanted to include it.
1: What part of the song did you start recording? At? Right
2: before Drake's verse. Oh, so that'll be our that'll be how we go in. But we're still gonna we're still gonna do our normal intro. Don't worry. Well, hello, everyone. This is the
1: captain in the closer. Hello, this is episode number fifteen.
2: Fifteen. You know, I just put this podcast on my resume recently. I was like, I was uh, I was doctoring up my resume because I hadn't done it in a while because I hadn't really been applying to jobs, and uh, I was like, should I put, should I put this on my, uh, should I put this on my resume? And I did. I have the link to it and everything. There you go. But we are back. Back again for episode 15.
1: It is Thursday, February 28th, and it is cold it here is in Lawrence, Kansas.
2: only getting colder. The wind chill for Sunday night is going to be negative 15 degrees Fahrenheit.
1: No, thank you.
2: I am... <sighs> I wish I was going to Phoenix this weekend (laughs) and not next weekend because it's going to be
1: so cold. Yeah, it's going to be awful.
2: Oh, it's going to be terrible.
1: All right, well, let's start staying in the music scene. I guess we we already talked about Drake um, officially since we didn't really talk fully, I guess. That was the Girls Need Love remix. Summer Walker featuring Drake just came out on February 27th. And like we said, pretty, pretty solid song right there. Pretty dank.
2: I really enjoyed it.
1: What <clears throat> um, well, the album we wanted to talk about today
2: to kick things off
1: is Schoolboy Q's second studio album called Oxymoron, mm-hmm. released five years ago on February 25th. Did you just say five? Five years ago? Which sounds absolutely insane. <sighs> Many of you probably know it. If you haven't dove into it, you probably have heard mm-hmm. oh, um, definitely mainstream heard songs, songs off of such as Colored Greens mm-hmm. or Studio mm-hmm. or and Man of the Year, probably, probably Man the, of the, the year. three most popular For sure. songs from it. But overall, this album, 1 through 15, it, it really brings in the West Coast style, and it, I, I think it still holds true to be Schoolboy's best pro, full project yes. to date. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean... Let's just let's just play some of the songs and let's go through it a little bit. Let's kick it off. Let's get into it. So it it starts off with the song "Gangsta." Comes on with, it's either a random child or it's his child. Mm -hmm. Regardless, you get the idea. Right, right. Hello, fat rat. My daddy a (laughs) gangster. so right off the bat you start and you kind of i mean that gives the general sets the yeah, tone for, for the entire album right what it is is your classic west coast hardcore gangster hardcore
2: album. gangster rap album i listened to this all the way through for the first time um over summer right mm-hmm. you, you gave me a few albums to listen to on my drive out to colorado and uh this is the first one i think i listened to and honestly, I was a little upset at myself that it had taken me four years to finally give the entire album a listen. And it was because that opening track right there, how... It <clears throat> catches your attention immediately. It catches your atten- attention and it, it perfectly sets up the album. It gives you the just the, the perfect dose of the type of mm-hmm. feel you're going to get throughout the entire album. And honestly, I think it's, it's one of my, my favorite Schoolboy songs actually now listen now every time I listen to it I go yeah okay this song is for sure one of my favorites of his sure it never never fails to impress me the kind of style he puts out with that track to start off the album
1: and then from that it moves straight into Los awesome which is I'm a nigga two same kind of idea back back. again yeah
3: back and back and back
1: and on this one he he really just dives in he does
3: yeah
1: more of him talking about growing up Hoover Street growing up yeah
2: I think one thing this album really does well is it it kind of uh lyrically and as far as what, you know, Schoolboy talks about the entire time is very much reminiscent of late eighties gangster rap albums. Right. Yeah. But the 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 style and tone of the production and the beats on each track is much more of a twenty first century vibe and how kind of grimy and just kind of I don't want to say grungy, but that is, it's is—it's—it's like a grungy kind of feeling to it. Like it, the, the beat itself gets you feeling kind of like Ugh, along with the lyrics. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean?
1: And then the next song, it moves into Colored Greens, which is honestly one of the calmest songs on the album. And if you listen to it, it's not an overly <laughs> calm song. No. For the most part, it's this whole album's rather aggressive kind of rap. But it's not, in my opinion at least, it's not to the point to where it's, overbearing, it's not too much. It right. doesn't make you want to turn it off because you're like, holy shit, dude, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's still enjoyable at the same time and you move on to Oh for sure. And you have features from J Rock, Kendrick, Two Chains, Tyler the Creator, SZA a whole a whole great list A bevy of, of features. Of features. And um uh, a lot of the songs, I think probably his most depressive song or the one that he probably is gets most introspective on is Prescription Oxymoron. It's a yes. seven-minute song. Uh-huh. And it kind of, the first half, I'll, I'll just play a little snippet from each half, and you can kind of tell that it's a black and white difference, really. <clears throat> They're nothing alike, mm-hmm. but it, he puts it all into one song. And he does it very purposefully. And at one point, he talks about how his his daughter calls, he won't even pick her up because right. he's, you know, on oxy and busy doing, doing whatever he's doing.
2: Gangsta shit.
3: I'm falling off, I can't hold a thought, what's wrong with me, now depression creep, I'm stressed a even in my sleep, my mommy calls, I hit ignore, my daughter calls, I press ignore, my chin press on my chest, my knees press the floor, I'm blanking out, woke up on the couch, dinner on my shirt. I'm stomach curse. I had a false cell in 80s, but yo, the karma's worse. I cry when nothing's wrong. I'm mad when peace is long. My senses is all sluggish, ruggish. A couple Zannies pop. Open my pill box. Prescription drive, drive, drive. So
0: then it,
1: it fades off, you hear. His daughter's voice come in, what's wrong? It's yeah. kind of talking about a low point in his life. And that continues. He, he drops another verse on that. And then the next time it fades off and his daughter comes in. is kind of when we get this transition to a completely new song. Yeah.
3: Okay, I love you, daddy.
1: And it becomes hype.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm going to get some man for $20 a $20. That transition is so smooth. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. i just upset. let crack go. let Crack Mercedes, 80s, get these off family New shoes for my baby, I see I don't know no Pablo or no Poppy, but you know I'm a pill. Cause hey, boy, you gotta real fifty times just to get a rap off. Oh, oh.
2: Crazy, crazy transition. Incredible those, transition, really.
1: And, and one, one is songs. I mean, he goes from talking about such a dark time and <clears throat> what what he was going through and how he's right. making all these bad decisions, then mm-hmm. he suddenly goes back into he's. I'm, I'm a G. like Just
2: regresses back into it anyway.
1: And he's back after it. And it, that song, I, the second half of that song to me is one of the highlights of this album. I think it's incredibly high. Oh, I mean, the whole song so in good. general. Mm-hmm. Although it is a little, it's it is seven minutes, so it, it's long for a song for sure. But I mean, there's a lot to say in it.
2: Ain't nothing wrong with a long not, song. No,
1: not at all. And then you have The Purge, which is featuring Tyler, the creator, which I mm-hmm. think is a very good song. Very good song. Um, Blind Threats, Hell of a Night. Break the Bank is a really fun song if you haven't heard it.
2: I'd, I'd play a little snippet of Break the Bank because, honestly, I feel like that's a very another underappreciated song very off this album.
1: And it, it starts off, again, a l- little slower. And it's not yeah. quite as hard as Gangsta or Prescription Oxymoron. Right. But it's still Schoolboy.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: i've Oxy like concerts, always my bread first. Get my my nickname. OX and cocaine. Nina, my new thing. Blew up before fame. I filled with I Fire in my soul. Burn through my shoestring, Came up from Bullstang. Do rags and flat lines. Drop eyes at bedtime. Get down I heard Some Someone lost their grandson. Thank God that I'm straight. No wonder my mind pray. Lost one my cousins. Curse from them devils. Good weed in Goodbye to So now the chorus.
1: Man,
2: that mm, That song might it's incredible, oh, isn't it's it's it? So, it's so this this good. whole
1: album is honestly just it's it's incredibly stacked
2: I, and I think it, it it's getting better with age too yeah if I'm at, like the more you know. listen
1: to it the better I mean it just it's the, always with, gets better. yeah
2: with each consecutive listen I, I give I feel like it it improves by an immeasurable margin in my head yep and songs that I didn't really give much attention to each time as well kind of and I come think to the an, forefront. a couple
1: other very slept on are Hoover Street mm-hmm. track five Blind Threats, Track Nine, both absolutely worth listening to. The entire oh, wow. album is worth your time. It it's just I agree. runs for just over an hour, an hour and nine minutes to be exact. Fifteen tracks, but it's it, I mean it's incredible for if you like the the gangster rap style and if you like Schoolboy Q. For those out there who don't know Schoolboy Q, which you should know Schoolboy He's, Q. He's
2: um one of the hardest most badass rappers in the game. He's one of the the most
1: respected rappers, too. Everyone loves Schoolboy Q, it seems. Everyone loves I don't
2: blame them, because I feel like if they didn't, they would get whacked.
1: (laughs) You don't know. He's from (laughs) South Central Los Angeles, of course. He signed to Top Dog Entertainment, a.k.a. Kendrick's same label. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's the number two in the label, really, behind Kendrick. Right. And there's no really debate that he's... There's no debate Kendrick's one, and there's no debate that he's two. Yes. No one's challenging them, to No, I would and, not. And Kendrick, I mean, he can go bar for bar with Kendrick if he needs to.
2: I think he can, too.
1: And the thing is, and Kendrick's just... He's got a few classic albums to his name that Schoolboy doesn't right. quite have yet. yet but that, yeah. that being said, Schoolboy was expected to release last year. Of course, the passing of Mac Miller mm-hmm. ended up making quite a delay. Mac and Miller and Schoolboy Q were... Extremely close, extremely yes. good friends. There's a lot of videos out there on the internet of them hanging out, them doing things together, laughing, having a good time. I mean, if you follow Schoolboy Q, I think it's Groovy Q on Snapchat. Uh-huh. I don't know if he still posts as regularly as he used to, but right. I mean, he's he's a very fun guy. He's a, a single father now with his daughter, who I assume mm-hmm. is six or so. But he's a great dad. I mean, you you watch the videos of him. He's always goofing with her and she's always oh, yeah. smiling right. and he's always got his big dogs and is mm-hmm. and they're always having a good time and then it was kind of the same deal with Mac Miller. You see how their personalities could have gone very well together. Right, right. So that's that's set the delay for his impending album that was supposed to come out late 2018. Yeah, now of course we're into 2019. Right.
2: Cuz they were saying at the time kind of mid mid 2018 that it was like 90% done, weren't they? Like 90 to 95% done and then Mac Miller died, and then there was, in September, kind of a little afterwards, mm-hmm. they were saying that that put a delay on the album.
1: Yeah, but even then, we do expect him to release <clears throat> sometime. I would guess within the next couple months, next few months. At I the would most. say very soon. It it can't be a long time. I mean, i've I've heard he should be coming up with it. Um, crap. Let me just make sure here. Was. Oxymoron was that his first studio album?
2: Uh, it might have been n- s- No, no.
1: It is it was his com- commercial debut with Inner
2: Right. Um no, his
1: Habits and Contradictions came out 2 years earlier. Was that earlier. his studio album?
2: That was with TDE, yeah. And then Setbacks was the No, that was under Top Dog too. Really? Yeah, that came out in 2011 debut studio album by Schoolboy Q released on January 11th 2011 under Top Dog Entertainment Um, that was released digitally though like it wasn't a uh
1: habits and set and contradictions as well as setbacks both good albums to if you want to go deeper into schoolboys mm-hmm. discography of course following oxymoron was blank face which i think me and you both loved blank face too
2: i really liked blank face yes. I think it's
1: safe to say that we're just big schoolboy q fans. big schoolboy i fans. think i think he's gotta be in in the top 10 rappers right now oh, oh yeah easily
2: easily i think he can spit bars better than most any rapper currently in the game
1: Yeah, he's definitely up there high. Uh, His album, like I said, he announced was delayed in September due to the death of longtime friend and collaborator Mac Miller. So, yeah, we'll be looking out for that soon. Um, Schoolboy Q, he's one of the realest in the game. One of the realest in the game. Love Schoolboy Q.
2: Insanely real.
1: All right, let's move on from that to...
2: And do some sports news.
1: We'll do some quick sports news. There's not a whole lot to touch up on, but we'll go through it real quick. Oh, there is more than enough to touch up. We on. got we'll go ahead and start off with the uh controversy surrounding the New England Patriots. Robert Kraft, Bob oh, yeah. Kraft going in for a little rub and tug. <coughs> yeah. And uh oh, today yeah. gl- pleaded not guilty really? to a misdemeanor. Um what's the term I'm looking for here? Felony? Solicitation. Solicita-
2: yeah, solicitation. Yeah, yeah. A
1: misdemeanor felony. <laughs> felony. Uh, yeah, solic- soliciting sex. Here's the thing. Looking for a prostitute. I'm not the smartest person. In the he, world. he um, Bob Craft goes ahead and says, eh, not guilty. No, I'm, not I'm, guilty. I'm sure he's going to go on with the idea of, uh what do you mean? Oh, they gave happy endings? I oh, have no idea.
2: They. Uh, Grabbing my my oh, I uh, thought that was part of the massage grabbing my dick and rubbing on it that's a that's solicitation and paying them for it that what I'm too old to know these things
1: <laughs> just go with the okay I'm too Robert old. I'm
2: too old to know that's not a that's not illegal
1: see my thing is what's a what's a guy worth six point six billion dollars six point six billion dollars what what are you doing what are you doing why why do you got to go to a, a sketchy little rub and tug yeah, in Seriously.
2: Miami? You could be pay, I mean, you could be paying top. You'd be
1: flying out Instagram models, 45 of them, yeah. and
2: putting them up all doing doing in a circle want. around you and going, "Okay, tonight I want you." And you and you're going <laughs> to rub my feet and you're going to lick on my left toe. Like he <laughs> and they don't care
1: as long as they Get a party with him yeah. for a full week as on As long as they get to hang yacht. out with Robert Kraft, the whatever
2: multi-billionaire. It's and not he's hanging out caught. with
1: Robert Kraft. It's hanging out with a guy who's worth $6.6 six billion. Dollars. That's,
2: yeah, he's getting caught in some, doing some sleazy, sleazy stuff. Come on, bro. Come mm-hmm. on, you're better than that. You have more money than that. It's a shame.
1: I wonder if the NFL takes any repercussions towards him or the Patriots. Some people were like, take away all the Patriots first round picks for the next few years. It's like, what? It, why? Because <laughs> why stop? Like, it, let's not go listen, overboard, but I listen. do expect he will probably s- maybe serve a suspension of some sorts. Yeah. Maybe get fined or something just cause they <clears> can't, they can't be like, Oh no, it's cool. If our owners do that, because they gotta
2: make him do something because prostitution is illegal and it is breaking the law. It's also, you know, like the oldest profession, one of the oldest professions in the history of mankind, and there are so many worse things that he could have done to say, yeah, take away first round draft picks, uh, the Patriots, yeah, uh, do all these things. And no, I mean, no, after that's Jerry dumb.
1: Jones for the Cowboys. Robert Kraft's probably the biggest NFL owner name out there right now. I mean, the Patriots yeah. have had the dynasty and he's the man behind the madness. Oh, yeah. He's the man right. behind the scenes kind of. Right running everything. So, definitely a huge name that he came out, huge name. Adam Schefter did na- say in a statement that there was a bigger name caught up in the scandal as well. Yeah. That bigger name never came out, I don't believe. Not yet. I've not heard anyone bigger than Robert Kraft being charged, so I don't know what they're waiting that on that is to pull the to trigger be but determined. We'll see. All right, moving on. We have we'll stay in NFL for now. Yeah. Jason Witten announced today he will leave the broadcast booth and head back to the field as he signed a one year, three and a half million dollar deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Thank God, Tony. Thank you. Thank Thank you for your service. The Lord. I saw tweets all day. The only thing was Cowboys. Can y'all pick up Booger too? I wonder (laughs) who Booger McFarland play for you all on the Monday Night Cast now. (sighs) And one person who threw his hat in the ring. Yeah. Pat McAfee. Tweets at them, and he goes, oh. Hey, uh, I, I so you heard you were looking for, <laughs> looking for to replace an opening on Monday night. Let's make it oh happen. Oh, my
2: gosh. The problem with Pat McAfee is no one in that sort of corporate environment understands how big his audience is because of how quirky and just off the wall he is.
1: But I think if... If he could be able to resonate with your average middle aged guy, oh, and he, he would hit, he would hit it out of the park because oh he's already gosh. got the young audience. Here, here's what Pat McAfee had to say. He posted this on his Twitter today, uh-huh. and it says at ESPN NFL hashtag heard you are hiring. Here's come on, Joe. What would you think? You were completely authentic. When
4: there
2: was the fake, it was my dream. Yeah. I said Pat's on a game, and there's a fake. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I appreciate is, that. You crushed it. Thank you. you. It. I tried to just give a respectful, documented call. But I can't help it sometimes if I, if my passion, my intensity comes through my call. For you, it's unbridled, right? It's so pure and it's so authentic. And I have a great desire to hear more of that. I love you. I oh, really do. That now, means a lot. There's a bias involved here. And obviously, <laughs> yeah,
4: obviously. Um,
2: but, but I hope you liked it. And I hope you understand
4: kind of all that goes into it. There's so, a lot hey, of can prepping. we get a McAfee-mobile yeah. on Monday night? <laughs> it be good. Like, the the Mc- McAfee-mobile? Yeah. yeah, Down on the, because it'd be on the that end. That thing, that thing. End is zones. It, That would be crazy with him.
1: Who's special teams correspondent over Put here? Put me on the Dude, drone. If Pat and I Put were ever on Monday Night Football together, Something it would to be thirty percent special teams. Hey, talk, and it was, it was there's a lot to talk about. Breaking down everything, man. <laughs> so of course that that was Joe <clears throat> Tessatori talking with Pat talking McAfee, Pat. kind of giving his endorsement a little bit. Right. That was um, from Pat McAfee's podcast a few days ago, I believe. Hmm. Uh, McAfee's
2: McAfee's got a good voice for it too. I think. I think he's got kind of that that broadcast. Kind of style tone that that I think would work really well. Another
1: tweet he had: "Hello at ESPN NFL. I'm pretty wide open next fall. Something <laughs> to think about. Sincerely, Pat." <laughs>
2: uh, he actually did call a game for Fox. He did in, in Week 17. Yep, uh, in Green Bay.
1: He was a th- more of the third guy, right, so it'd be but, a kind of a jump to become the second guy. But yeah, I mean, but, you look at his Twitter following; he's got about one and a half million followers. He would be a very recognizable face. Oh, he's name, enormously and, and popular. And he could bring in some com- comedic relief to the booth. And think about the personality switch up you would get going from. Jason Witten, the bland guy who just... Jason Witten who
2: sounded like this every time he was saying something that was interesting and it would be just like this the entire
1: game. Did you see that happen? Oh, I cannot believe what they... Did you see what they just did? And oh, wow. Oh my. Makes me really miss it.
2: Yeah, that's why he's got a three and a half million dollar contract for a year now.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, Jason Witten. Okay, Jason. Hey, and I got. I gotta believe ESPN was ha- happy to. He probably came up to them. So, do we need to do a buyout? No, no. We're good. Just good to go. We'll call get it the, even. Get out. Because what they what they give we'll him was you. that CBS deal or uh, Monday Night ESPN deal. I mean, I was thinking Romo, but for
2: Witten. Yeah, I have no idea. I didn't know, even though there was a number out for it. Probably too much would be my guess. I
1: assume it was far too much. It was mm, mm, yeah, he was getting an annual salary from ESPN that paid him around 4.25 million on average. So now he's going he's going to take a little bit of a pay cut. <sighs> I think he'll be doing okay still.
2: He's going to take a little bit of a pay cut to do something he is much better at and that's playing tight end.
1: Yeah. For a team that needed a tight end yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess it's good for them, but now the 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 Cowboys fans are saying, "Oh, we're Super Bowl bound." Really, what you were missing really, was you're... an aging tight end who's on the verge of retirement. <laughs> I mean, he retired once already. Yeah, right. He's very old. He does not move in anything but straight lines. <laughs> Pretty he much. can go straight forward, and he can go straight out he is, or straight, he is in, your, or he can turn around.
2: He's your most basic tight end. He, he. I mean, that he can run basic routes.
1: He can probably block a he little. He can block decently. Eh, but you're not going to have him soar up over a middle linebacker no. and make a play. I he's mean, not
2: going to be looking like Gronk or Kelsey if, out if there. Space just
1: and you hit him in, yeah. in his space, he's got great hands. That's not going to fade with age. He'll right, catch right. it, but he's going to go down, and you don't expect him to run after catch. No, no. So Jason Witten's back in the NFL. Jason Winton
2: back, throwing his hat in the ring. Thank God.
1: All right, I know you wanted to touch on some MLB news. I do
2: want to touch on one big, big piece of MLB news. Get after it. That news being that Bryce Harper, formerly of Washington Nationals fame, um, is now a Philadelphia Philly, and he will be there for 13 years on a contract worth $330 million.
1: Now, before you attack it, because I know you want to. Okay. He is only 26. Yes. And if you break down his salary to a per-year basis... It's only twenty five mil a year, and I know I say only twenty five mil a year, and it does expire when he's thirty nine years old, which is rather old. But you're a baseball player. Baseball players can play till they are back end of thirty, and more or less. I assume they'll get their money's worth for at least nine, ten years of that. And <sighs> Maybe. What I was all right, go off on it for a second, then I'll rebuttal.
2: Okay. Um, I think. What do I want to start? I want to start with. I want to start with a man. Named Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols. Uh Uh-oh. Gosh, that would have been...
1: How old was Pujols when he signed, though?
2: When he signed with um, uh, Oakland, not Oakland, um, the Angels, in 2011, I believe he would have been around 28, if I'm right. He might have been a little closer to 30. But they gave him 10 years, lucrative amount of money, money the Cardinals wouldn't even touch, Right. He hit two ninety nine, had a pretty decent season in 2011, but he was injury prone at that point, point. and they gave him a 10 year contract.
1: Pujols, but the difference is Pujols signed at 32.
2: Okay, Pujols, even worse. So that's even worse. Yeah, they. He Meaning signed, he would have been 42 when his contract was up.
1: He signed at 32, and it would have run him until he was 41. Yeah, Pujols. There may he would be making 30. He will still. <laughs> Be making 30 million dollars when he is 41 in 2021 yeah 30 million the yeah. difference is here he harper is only gonna be making 25 million and he'll only be 39 not yeah. 41 the, which is still bad but he's still getting the problem
2: is harper is in no way near the caliber of player that pujols was when he got signed onto that deal pujols was bar none in my opinion a far better power hitter average hitter just in in most facets of the game, a better player. I think Bryce Harper is is a a a good player. But when you look at his track record, he has had some amazing seasons and he has had some absolutely horrible dud seasons. And last year was one of them. If I mm. if I don't if I'm not correct in saying that
1: last year I mean he had over 100 runs he had 34 homers 34 homers and his batting percentage to hit 249 which is not great not great but for, for but, a
2: power hitter it's okay to hit sub 270 but you really you want your power if your power hitters are only hitting also led the league under in walks. 25% of the time under 25% of the time remember you can hit 30% of the time in baseball and be one of the best players in the league but as someone with the with the caliber to be signed to a deal for 13 years and 330 million dollars now granted the nice thing about major league baseball none of that's guaranteed he could break his ankle tomorrow and get paid zero of those dollars but to to think that 13 years from now that guy is still going to be worth over 25 million dollars in a single season i just i
1: here's my hurts. rebuttal okay <clears throat> Bryce Harper, the differences are Bryce Harper is doing, getting signed, like I said, at 26, six years younger. His contract's not worth as much on a per-year basis. He's also a guy who won the MVP of the league As a a 22-year-old in 2015, he's just a few years removed from that. He's been an all-star every year of his career, except for 2014, where he missed a large majority of games when he was with an injury.
2: All-star is a popularity vote in Major League Baseball.
1: It may be, but still, worth noting. But you have a 22-year-old all-star... And then 23, 24, 25, all solid seasons. In his seven years in the pros, he's batting averages around 280, and he's hit 184 home runs with over 500 RBIs. I mean, you're you're still betting on a guy to get better. He's only 26. You could argue that his prime isn't for a couple more years.
2: I would think if he were getting better, he would show signs of improvement year to year. And the fact that he goes from good to average to good to bad to good to bad again is not an indicative sign of someone who is showing a consistent amount of improvement to be worth a deal like this cuz there are not many players in major league baseball that are signed to, that are getting signed to deals like this. Manny Machado's one, that recent that just recently happened. And I think Machado's deal I wasn't I mean I think Machado has a little more a little more potential going forward. But again, at the same time, it, it is a lot of money to think about when you're paying for a player. I just, it's, it's a tough sell in my mind to say, and plus there's no opt-out clause. So Harper will retire in Philly. He cannot opt out of this contract. Right. So he will either be done or he will play 13 more years at that set amount of money you, they can they can finagle the price a little bit season to season, but the the deal of this contract is there's no opt out clause, which means in 13 years when you and I are 34 years old, Bryce Harper will still be playing for the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Phillies. I just I don't know. It's so much money to put into one person and expect. It
1: is, and I my thing though is if when was the <clears throat> last time the Phillies won the World Series? Didn't they win within the past? 15 years they did? Yeah. Like I around think, 2009-ish? Is that right?
2: Either It was either 07 or 09, but I believe it was 09 because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 09 because um, St. Louis won in 08.
1: Okay, they won in 2008. They won in 08. The Phillies won in 2008. Yes, that's right. That's right. Sorry, the Cardinals won in 06.
2: Yes, 08. Yes, that's the right year because that was so the what year I'm that Ryan Howard is, was on. This is an
1: organization that has two World Series ever. Mm-hmm. If they can milk one... One World Series out of this contract, I think it's worth it. I think I mean, look at it. If you look at the historic perspective, you have two World Series ever. A World Series cannot. You not everyone's the Yankees. Not everyone has twenty-seven. Right. Whatever they have. Not everyone's the Red Sox and has eighteen. Whatever the hell they have. You they know don't what I have mean? eighteen. I'm just throwing out how many. I know what is the what second
2: is, most is the Cardinals. I believe with thirteen. There is a there is a huge gap between the Yankees and everyone else. It was that big. It's literally it's the Yankees. Everyone else at 13 and less. I'm almost positive. Um, But, yeah,
1: you think one— It is—oh, wow. It's Yankees have 27, the Cardinals have 11, the Reds have 11, yeah, not even 13. And then you have a drop-off to a bunch of teams with five. So there's three teams with more than five. Right. So, yeah, I do think that winning—getting to three World Series, I think winning one is so massive for a community, a city— Franchise I would agree for baseball.
2: And, if you're not New York, I would if you're not New York, Boston or St. Louis, I would agree. Getting to the World Series is and winning it is a massive, huge, huge deal. But in 13 years, with you with this type of caliber of player, you're putting it putting one one World Series. I think Series one win.
1: would make it worth it. I think everything else is icing on the top, on top. I think if they don't win a single World Series with them, I think you look at it and go, "Wow, that was one of the worst contracts we've ever seen." But if you win one, I think you can at least say. Hey, what why do we pay why do you pay players? You pay players to win. If yeah. you can win <clears throat> even if it's just once, that is a right. huge deal cuz nothing is ever guaranteed. If you get your club to win a third ever, mm-hmm. that's huge. Everything else is cake to me. But I mean, we're talking about a guy John Middleton, the, the majority owner of the Phillies. He's worth 3.2 billion, I think. <sighs> I think he's doing all right. He can just
2: throw some of his – yeah, You can just throw some of his he throws network. his
1: money in and he gets it back in terms of jersey sales instantly. So I he'll am, be all
2: right. I will be really interested to see. I'm very surprised he stayed not only in the NL but in the same um, 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 division of the NL as the uh, Washington Nationals. So he's going to be playing his teammates a, for a lot of games during the season. That will be very interesting to see how he does against them. It's always fun to see that, but the fact that it'll be as frequent, because most team, most players when they leave their teams go to either different, either different conferences, different divisions. They usually never play their team, their original team as much as they do. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's going to be seeing Washington multiple times throughout the season, even up until the season's end, is going to be very, very interesting to me to see. They are
1: up to the Phillies are up to ten to one odds to win. Of course, being paced by the Yankees and Astros, each at six to one, Red Sox just behind with the Dodgers at seven to one, and then you have the Indians and Phillies at ten to one. So they did take a little bit of movement. I think they went up from fourteen to one or twelve to one up to ten to one. So the odds makers hopped on it pretty quickly. And, I mean, it makes them an, a contending team, and that's all you well, can see, really ask for. this could
2: be his breakouts. This could be the season where he hits 300-plus, yeah. has 35-plus home runs, 100-plus RBIs, does everything right across the board. Yeah. But I just—it it makes more it, sense for a deal like this when you have a player that will not just prove he can do that, because Harper has done that, but consistently do it. Do it season to season. Right, Come but within, if
1: you I mean it, it makes sense why he became the the highest paid. I mean the formula was there for him to make the money. He's he's only 26 years old. He's won an MVP and he's shown great signs and I I mean everyone's known about this dude since he was 16 years old. I mean yeah, true. the writing's always been on the walls that this something like this was due for him. <coughs> now he finally got it. I, I wish him luck. I wish him oh, the I best. I do too. And we'll see what happens. Uh I mean I think in overall would, what would you grade the deal 1 through 10?
2: 1 through 10, how about a letter grade? I'd give it a, I, I mean, mean letter grade for works. the Phillies, who are in need of pretty much everything, it's great. I'd give it a solid A-. minus. A-? minus For Bryce Harper, he could have gone to a better team. Okay, but... He could have gone to a team and fit in, and he could have had a much more impactful role right away.
1: You're saying he's not going to have an impactful role?
2: No, I'm saying he's going to have an impactful role, but it, I don't know that it'll be enough to get them where they need to be. We'll see. And we it, will they, see.
1: They will see what else they can bring in to support them. And Phillies, they Philly, have McCutcheon and yeah, a couple other others. They have some guys. offensive
2: threats, but they're you need. I don't know. I think they need more, more than.
1: I don't disagree. I'm going to go with. I was going to say B plus. I think yeah. it's a solid deal. I'm, good I'm deal. Happy with it's it. a
2: good deal for the Phillies, but they need other things.
1: I don't hate it at all, though. I kind of do. You hate it, but you're going to grade it an A minus. That's not. I it.
2: I wanted him to go to St. Louis so bad. Oh, I
1: bet you did. If St. Louis paid that money, would you be okay with it?
2: I'd be a little concerned, but I, I'd actually be very concerned. We have Excited.
1: I'd be excited, kind of.
2: But the thing is, the the Cardinals don't deal in ten plus year contracts. It's just that's why they didn't sign Pujols back in 2011 because they went you're not worth that much to us over that mm-hmm. amount of time. And but that, I, in the long like, run, they were right.
1: It was right, but like I said, I do think it's different than the pools. It is different, but different. it is
2: that is a point of comparison.
1: It is definitely a point of comparison. How old was Stanton when he signed his deal?
2: Giancarlo Stanton? <sighs> Sub 30. Stanton signed it last year, probably 24, 23.
1: And his was 13 325 mil so. Yeah just outdid it. When he first signed it, it was back with the Marlins, right?
2: No, Stanton signed a deal with the Yankees.
1: The, oh that was the one that was the was, big I, deal. Okay. Yeah. He signed his at he, age twenty eight.
2: He was with the Marlins and he went to the Yankees. Right,
1: right. He's I thought twenty eight he was twenty eight when he signed it. He's twenty nine now.
2: I'm horrible with MLB players age and that's my that's my sport. So his
1: his will expire at age forty one. Thirty eight. I thought he signed it when he was 28. He did.
2: And it's for 13 years?
1: 28, 29, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Uh, I don't know why it's not showing these other years on it.
2: I don't know. And but by
1: the way, the money is guaranteed.
2: For who, Stanton or for Harper? Both. Really?
1: Yeah. Oh, boy. That makes it even worse. <laughs> can you imagine having 325 million dollars guaranteed just given had?
2: to you over the next 12, 13 years
1: that's what pole was too right yeah Pohl's, what's pool is he still playing the uh that's a serious question i actually do not know is he is he playing yes he's still playing at a, um at its capable level no, at all
2: no not at all i don't he can't even play a position anymore his ankles are so bad. He has to DH. God. He plays for the AL, though, so that's actually he can actually be a DH and right, play right. most every game. Um, no, he hasn't been at full health since 2011 when the Cardinals won the World Series with him. Ever since then, he's had horrible, horrible, horrible problems in his ankles and feet.
1: Well, he cashed out. Uh, he's run right, one of the, the right most
2: time. disappointing big contract signings in the past 25 years for baseball.
1: Probably in any sport.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd say so.
1: All right. Anything else we want to do touch on in the sports world before we move on? I guess we can talk a little bit real quick about the NFL mm-hmm. Combine, which has been going on all day today. It's yes. getting started. Uh, the big news out of it was Kyler Murray ch- checking in, measuring in, I should say, at 5'10", just over 5'10", actually. I think it was 5'10 and an eighth or so, uh-huh. which was, I mean, doesn't seem like a big deal, but yeah, monstrous deal for him. He came in at not only over five ten, but also two hundred seven pounds, which is pretty damn Ooh. thick for someone that size and someone that agile. Yeah, and no quick. kidding. And the the big concern was people saying, "Oh, if Kyler is only five nine, what if he's five eight? Well, how how can you justify taking that? Being five ten, and I mean, he's essentially a a high." fraction of an inch shorter than russell wilson right and drew Brees for that matter i mm-hmm. mean all these guys he's just right behind now and right. he's heavier than wilson and he's got the athletic ability now there's serious talk about him maybe going number one to the cardinals because really? the cardinals are a team that keith cliff kingsbury new coach is uh-huh. obsessed with kyler murray's always liked him really and the, the okay. talk is if you can move rosen for to someone else for a first round pick yeah then why not do that, and then you take your quarterback that you really want in Kyler, and then you trade down to, say, the Redskins, who give them, say they give up their number 17 or whatever they are pick in that range. I mean, that's worth it for both teams, in my opinion. I mean, Rosen was just a year removed from being the number 10 overall pick and played behind the, the worst offensive line in football, arguably. Yeah. So, I mean, there's upside to both things happening. And then if you're... The Cardinals, you would get your quarterback, and then you still have another first-round pick, and it's not even at the back end. That's not bad. And now what I do, if I'm them, I trade a second round, my second-round pick, first overall of the second round, trade uh-huh. that for Antonio Brown. All Ooh. of a sudden, it's I got Kyler Ooh. Murray, David Johnson, Antonio Ooh. Brown. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, that's a, and Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, and that is that. All of a, a sudden, is, offense right there. All of a sudden, that oh my is a gosh. monster offense. That's that suddenly becomes an offense that is must-watch football. Absolutely. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think it would be out awesome if they that would be went be insane. Out. If the the Steelers oh. would would pull the trigger instantly, if they they said you're gonna give us the first pick of the second round for this guy, they'd say. Fuck yeah, we're not keeping them. Oh yeah, ways. we'll take them. Because there's been talks that like, would a fourth rounder do it, or like a third rounder? And eh, maybe if you're mm-hmm. gonna give them the first pick of the second, that's essentially the last pick of the first round. Yeah, you know, basically. What I mean? Yeah. So it's essentially a, wow. a first rounder in some terms. Dang. And then both <laughs> teams say yes. And now Kyler Murray has one of the top five receivers in football and one of the best running backs in football surrounding him. And now the Cardinals are good. <laughs> Boom problem solved.
2: Yo, if that actually would happened Would that be sweet or what? Dude, I would be shitting in my pants if that actually happened. I think that that, that, that is, would is a lot of insane. potential. Insane. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to I'm just trying to wrap my head around what that would look like on the field. Oh.
1: Uh, it'd be, it'd be uh, lethal. Imagine being in the in Kingsbury defense. offense. You have the, it's an air raid offense, but you also want a mobile quarterback. That's why I think they ultimately choose Murray over Josh Rosen. Yeah, Murray, Rosen doesn't have that mobility. Right, I mean, right. Murray has elite mobility, elite um, athleticism. Right. And while I'm not definitive that Murray will be better than Rosen in their careers, because I do yeah. think Rosen has a lot of potential to still. I uh-huh. do think though that Murray's ceiling is astronomical. He could be incredibly good. And why oh, he could yeah. fall flat on his face, any quarterback could. But yeah. if he booms and he gets in the right system and you put weapons around him. Oh, I mean, my gosh. Look at, look at Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, look at Mahomes. Yeah. You, you put the right weapons around him, I mean, and mm-hmm. then their talent absolutely just shines through it. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And It's not like the Chiefs have an overwhelmingly elite offensive line. Of course, they were great this year, but they were great because you had Mahomes and all those weapons. Very true. So it, it could it could change a lot, a lot, a lot of things. That would be crazy. And I think it'd be man. a lot of fun if it happened. That would be
2: so much fun to see. Oh, that would totally shake up the NFL next season. Wouldn't it? All of a, a sudden, you, you
1: got the Rams with the, the Cardinals that you're running through. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're you're they're playing legit. in 30-30 games with them. Yeah, no kidding. It'd be a lot of fun. Wow. All right. Anything else you got in the sports world? Nah,
2: man. Nothing. I nothing I want to talk about.
1: It's kind of been a slow week. Kind of, of course, a slow week NBA's again. NBA is picking mean, up. I mean, you have the Lakers still struggling. The, Lakers and they're struggling. I'm now on the outside, betting odds wise, to make the playoffs. Oh yeah, but um, not surprising. One, one thing I'd talk about NBA wise is just how the rookies have been playing lately, which has been Phen- unreal. Phenomenal. Marvin Bagley, who's finally been unleashed by the Kings, was averaging. 22 points in the month of February, I believe. Jeez. 22 and around 10 rebounds a game.
2: Rookies and young talent in general in the NBA right yeah. now are just, young has, are just doing so well. Just
1: last night, Trey Young went off for an, his second 30 point game in a row and oh nearly gosh. dropped his first career triple double. I think he finished with wow. around okay. 35. Eight and eight, nine and eight, maybe. Yeah. So I mean, you have all these guys and all these franchises starting to look up, and I mean, yeah, man, you no gotta kidding. love it. It's great for the league when young guys are doing well so early.
2: I agree. It's a lot of fun to watch. I think it makes it. I think it makes the NBA fun to watch when you it got does. super young people doing. Luka Doncic, really
1: well. happy birthday! He just turned twenty years old. Happy birthday! What? Yeah. Luka Doncic <laughs> was the only rookie not named <laughs> LeBron James in the history of the NBA oh my to gosh. average twenty seven and five. Twenty points, seven rebounds, five assists, nineteen years old. Just turned twenty. Keep that in mind. That guy's going to fuck the league for years. Uh yeah. Alright, that's all we got in sports talk. All we got today. Should we move it on to three things? Let's do
2: our three things.
1: What do you got for me three things this week?
2: I kind of want to I want to do a sports one. Okay. And I want to hear from you your three most valuable players of all time in any sport. It can be any sport. Most valuable your how, do three how do you mean? Most valuable players, the three players you think are are you could put at any point in time in any period of the sport and they would make an immediate and lasting dominate impact. The sport they would be they're the most valuable player in any time setting pl- anything.
1: Is this the most dominant or how are we doing this? Cuz if it's the most valuable then I feel like the only the only football player you can take is a quarterback. You think so? If it's most valuable, if it's the most dominant, I think it's a different story.
2: Okay, then make it most dominant. Most dominant. The most the player that you would put in any that transcends eras. That would transcend an era. You could put him back in a league 20 years ago, you could or put you him, could him put in a him league, in league today. Today. And, and they'd he would be great. and he would be not only not great. Not only great. But
1: the best. Probably the best. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go? I want you to go first. My first pick for this, I I have to give it to the, the man, the the legend Wilt the Stilt, oh, Wilt Chamberlain. Baby. I think that's a guy who I mean, oh, you look at Ooh, don't get me started on Brooke <laughs> Chamberlain. I get excited. This guy was seven foot one, ran track in college, could run a hundred yard hundred meters in under eleven seconds, uh-huh. could bench press more than Andre the Giant when they had a bench off, I believe over five hundred pounds. Jeez. Could dunk on a twelve foot rim? The guy. When you talk about what Wilt Chamberlain was, Wilt was athletically in- insane. It doesn't like, it doesn't make sense at all. And didn't and he, it sounds made up. It sounds like a, the legend of Paul Bunyan or anything or something.
2: Oh yeah. And doesn't he? Doesn't he hold the record for most consecutive thirty plus point games by like ninety? No. Like more than his, that. like he, so like James, James like Harden. they were showing James Harden's mm-hmm. statistic, and he was, you know, however many games he was, and then you see Wilt Chamberlain in the top position with just a hundred plus, and you're like, oh, so it's not even close. They're not even close to doing what he did when he was breaking that record.
1: It, that and you hear about these kind of things. Well, Wilt Chamberlain smashes every NBA record and throughout every I, point of his I career. When I hear that. Oh, he 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 only did that because he was playing against a bunch of tiny white guys. While well, there is some right. truth to that, put him in the NBA today, uh, and it'll be we will not be talking trash on Will anymore. Here's some Hell of his no. athletic achievements. Okay, he high jumped in high school, six foot six inches. Ran the 440 yards in 49 seconds. Propelled in the, in um, college, propelled the shot put 56 feet at seven foot one. Ran a sub 11 second hundred yard dash. After his basketball career, he played in the International Volleyball Association and uh-huh. became a Hall of Famer and the most dominant player of all time. Right, He beat the immortal NFL player Jim Brown in a race when he played with the Harlem Globetrotters. Another rumor has it that Will Chamberlain challenged Muhammad Ali to an exhibition fight, but Ali's manager backed out due to the mere visual intimidation of Chamberlain, fearing an upset, Jeez. which makes sense as well. And like I said, could outbench... Andre the Giant, straight up. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I believe, was quoted as saying that he saw it with his own eyes. They oh had a benching gosh. contest, and Wilt did it with ease. They said Andre was struggling to get up reps while Wilt was not even breaking a sweat. Jeez. I mean, you talk about a guy who literally sounds like a myth. Doesn't sound real at all. Yeah, no kidding. That's Wilt Chamberlain. And the dude had sex with 20,000 different
2: people. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Allegedly.
1: Allegedly, and maybe uh, while well, Allegedly. I, if you even have your name being floated around with a number like that, I'm gonna go ahead and said say that uh he had sex. <laughs> That's my number one pick, Will Chamberlain. I think he transcends oh, time and history. He's the GOAT. Let's go.
2: Okay. My number one pick is gonna be a baseball player.
1: Okay. Who was
2: recently voted into the Hall of Fame. It is Yankees relief pitcher Mariano. Rivera. Mm. Now this guy first unanimous, first ever. Uh, just yeah, that alone, the first ever unanimously voted Hall of Famer ever. ever in the history of Major League Baseball, untarnished by any scandal. And and here's the thing: when you meet this guy, he's 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 my height, six two, normal, the most normal looking guy you'd ever meet, but he throws. A ninety-six mile per hour cut fastball, right? And that the thing about his style of pitching was every single pitch that he had looked n- dirty. It was just a dirty looking, but he could throw a ninety-six mile per hour fastball that looked like a slider. It cut so hard, and so sharply, and so late into the box that hitters did not know what to do with it. Throughout his career, he had. 652 saves
1: which is by far in in, an all-time record
2: in 18 years of playing he had 652 saves 1100 strikeouts his earned run average was right at two at 2.21 i mean this dude was electric every single time he went out onto the mound and in his last season too he went out on a high note and I really think, I really, really think in any era ever of baseball, you could put this guy in, and not only could he close for you, but he could start for you, and he could be a long-standing, long-lasting pitcher who could give you 15-plus seasons in any period of time in baseball against any against any hitter ever. And also, super nice guy.
1: Also, you going off of his other accomplishments, I mean, 13-time All-Star. Yeah. Five-time World Series champion, once in 1999 the World Series MVP, was Uh the ALCS MVP, AL Comeback Player of the Year in 2013. I mean, Mm -hmm. the list goes on and on for everything he's done. Led the
2: league in saves three times. But
1: ultimately, I think the most impressive thing he ever did or has done... Becoming the first guy to be unanimously voted into the Hall of hundred percent. Not oh, yeah. only shows how dominant you were as a player, but how well respected he was by everyone. Right. There right. Was, I mean, the kid, Ken Griffey, wasn't even no. A unanimous.
2: It's because Ken Griffey's career is marred in controversy.
1: Every everyone has something baseball, that kept them bring a hundred percent.
2: Baseball is such a controversial game, and how many people have have played with with you know performance enhancing drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And Rivera is one of those guys that has so far not had any of those uh, problems. And honestly, I would highly doubt that it would ever, it would ever happen. I think he is not only is he one of the most legitimately good players in baseball history, but he is and he I think he's, he's proven that in, in the MVP voting and in, you know, the type of person he is off the field and just the way he conducted himself on the field. It's, it's been it was really cool watching it as a kid, watching him play. And I think, yeah. For me, he's number one on my list.
1: Good pick. <coughs> I'm gonna go with who someone who I think is the best running back in the history of the NFL. Okay. And it's incredible that he did it at five foot eight inches, just over two hundred pounds mm-hmm. from Wichita, Kansas. Barry Sanders. Hell yeah, bro. Barry Sanders. Yes. 10-time Pro Bowler, a six-time first-team All-Pro, one-time MVP, of course. Mm. And his numbers speak for themselves. They're absolutely insane. I mean, you start off with his rookie year. He ran for nearly 1,500 yards. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had 1,700 yards from scrimmage, 14 total touchdowns as a rookie. His next year, he followed that up with 1,300 yards, 16 TDs. He, his other td totals were seventeen ten and in, in injured season only three Jeez. eight twelve eleven fourteen his last great season was probably that fourteen uh-huh when he in he was 29 years old in 1997 ran for two thousand yards
2: Jeez. which is,
1: is part of the 2k club only <sighs> i believe five six other other members and not it. many i mean the guy wasn't the fastest guy ever but ran a four three sevens forty. Pretty damn Not fast. Not bad. But at five eight, being able to me call him the best running back I think the NFL's ever seen, which is better than guys who are much bigger. Adrian Peterson is yeah. over six mm-hmm. foot. Earl Campbell was just a wrecking ball. Right. I mean, all these greats, Jim Brown, whoever yeah. you want to choose, and uh-huh. throw in Marshall uh Marshall Falk right. or Walter Payton, all these guys were great in their own ways. Bo Jackson, but was anyone as electric as Barry Sanders? I I find it hard pressed to believe that you put him, especially in today's open field based NFL, oh, yeah. oh, where you yeah. let your playmakers get the ball and you let your playmakers do something. Uh-huh. I think if he's putting today, his stats are even more inflated. I think he can make anyone miss at any time. Oh yeah! I think I, I just love him. I think he could play in any era. I think he's dominant. Barry Sanders, my number two pick for okay most dominant. Athletes of all time.
2: My number two pick for most dominant of all time is a soccer player. Oh, his Mm -hmm. name is Lionel Messi. Lionel's good. (laughs) This man's, I mean, arguably the greatest of all time, and I think rightfully so, up there with um. It's him and Ronaldo. Ronaldo, who am I? I have no. I have no. Um,
1: the thing is, everyone is either team Messi for. or team Ronaldo, and Pretty I much personally, at this point, I personally am right in the middle. I'm like they're both fucking
2: amazing. I'm a huge Messi fan, and honestly, it's because, I mean, you can you can look at his stats all day. He, I mean, he is a a stat fiend. Right? Does everything right on the field. The thing I love about Messi, watching him play, is he's not one of those soccer players. Sorry, sorry footballers Ugh, just saying that. Um he's not one of those guys that is is looking to get fouled or looking for that call. He's always he's always ready to hop right back up on his feet, keep the play going. It's never about slowing down play and getting that attention to where, you know, you're getting you you know, you're getting free kick or you're getting um whatever the hell else you get in soccer. He's that guy that'll get tripped up and jump right back up on his feet. And the thing is, he started just, from
1: such a young age, and he, he came did. off, and he was he did too. He had yeah. the long, shaggy hair, and he was <laughs> a, a teenager, and he was called the Wonder Boy. But his first game, he instantly started lighting it up, and yeah. he never slowed down. This this clip I'm about to play you, one of my favorite clips of soccer ever. It's him taking on Jerome Boateng. Jerome Boateng, by the way, one of if not the best center back in the world and Lionel Messi puts him on the ground absolutely disgusting play here and we'll let it roll oh there's no audio here very disappointing you don't have your volume on i do have my volume on oh no but essentially what you have is Messi attacking the box Boateng getting tripped up <laughs> and Messi's not going to finish a one-on-one are not going to miss a one-on-one with the keeper Oh, hell no. Messi, by the way, some of his, I mean, first of all, I mean, all the goal records are essentially his. Right. He has the most appearances in the top three candidates for the Ballon d'Or, a.k.a. the Soccer Player of the Year right, worldwide. right. He's done that, been in the top three 11 times. He's won it five times, Jeez. which is a record shared with Ronaldo. He's the only player to have scored at three World Cups, shared with Ronaldo, but Still. <laughs> still. Most consecutive league matches scored in with 21 matches, 33 goals in that Mm -hmm. span. Yeah. The youngest player to win two Boulogne d'Ors. The youngest player to win three Boulogne d'Ors. The youngest player to win four Boulogne d'Ors. By the way, those were in three consecutive years. The youngest player to win five Boulogne d'Ors. Most FIFA World Cup golden balls. He has two of them. And the only football player to score 60-plus goals in all competition in two consecutive seasons. He really crazy man has it all, and if you watch him play, it's he it's impossible not to like. I mean Ronaldo, you look at him and he's a physical beast. He's six two, mm-hmm. absolutely chiseled, and right. every part. Of, I don't. Yeah. He doesn't have a single muscle that isn't zero percent body fat. Right, it's like negative at that point. It's kind of he's scary looking sometimes. And can jump forty inches, and he's fast as hell. Messi, the complete opposite. I mean, he's what five six,
2: um. Maybe five? No, he's five seven.
1: Lionel, yeah, he's five seven. Yep, just runs around you, makes you miss, can Mm -hmm. do anything. He's thirty one and he's still increasing his game. Mm -hmm. No, there's no real signs of slowing down. Not yet. No, been with Barcelona his entire career.
2: Yep, put him anywhere. Put him anywhere, in any era. He
1: makes everyone better around him.
2: Put him in any era. And while, don't get me be, wrong, any,
1: anybody that's that good is going to bring attention to themselves. But for the most part, a pretty humble guy. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There's nothing really to dislike about Lionel Messi. He's, he's my number he's two. Awesome. That's a great number two. Thank you. Like it a lot. All right.
2: Here's your final pick. Boy.
1: Can I pick one that's kind of cheating?
2: Yeah. Okay, who?
1: Well, I know if I pick him, I know for certain, absolute certainty he dominates any era.
2: Okay. Is it a basketball player?
1: No. Who? Michael Phelps. Oh! Is that, is that too much cheating? No. No. Get him in a pool wow. with anyone in the history of Earth <laughs> and tell me they have a chance. <laughs> tell me they have anything resembling it there's chance. not
2: even now if you put prime Phelps in now still no one not even close Prime Phelps 20 years ago no one 30 40, 50, any era no wow that's a great point
1: it does not matter he will and I don't think there will any ever was it be oh, was it 08 like
2: in Beijing that he won eight gold right
1: eight, eight for eight all gold damn one of the most exhilarating Olympics oh, to ever yeah. watch he captivated the entire nation it was amazing it was Dude, a, Phelps was incredible a, to watch Phelps was
2: insane
1: oh my goodness all right <laughs> read off that read off that list real quick all right wait wait, wait before, do you have any water up here yeah I do I'm parched go ahead He holds, he holds, he has set 39 world records, 29 individual, 10 relay, which is more records than any other swimmer that has ever been recognized, surpassed Mark Spitz's previous record of 33 world records. However, whatever, Johnny Weiselmuller is uh, said to have broken 67 world records. Yeah, whatever. We'll see it, Johnny. Check, Check me out in the pool. All right. I'm trying to find his total medal count.
2: Oh, dude, his total medal count, including all gold, silver, and bronze.
1: Here's a full list of every Olympic medal Michael Phelps has won. Okay. All right. 2004 Olympics. Gold, bronze, bronze, gold, 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 gold. (laughs) So there's one, two, three, four, five, six golds in his first Olympics.
2: In 2004. Yes.
1: 2008, Jeez. we just talked about eight medals, eight golds. Mm-hmm. Brings him to London, 2012. Silver, silver, gold, 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 gold. There's four more golds. We're now at a total of 18. No. Wait, he only had. He had six
2: and oh four, right? Yeah. And eight. Then eight.
1: And then four. And so, then, so that's 18. Okay. Right. Yeah, 18 gold. Which brings us to Rio 2016. Gold, 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 silver, gold.
2: <laughs> 23 gold medals. Wait,
1: no, you're, eight, oh, wait, yeah, 23, yeah. right on. He has 23 all-time gold medals, a handful of silver, and some bronze. Basically, I mean, no one's going to come close to that ever. I mean, how
2: could you? How could you even tr- you can't. try? You can't. You can't. That's a great choice. And the
1: way he's built, I mean, he's literally aquaman.
2: He literally is.
1: He's a fish. Whenever you watch him,
2: like, jump up on the platform and, like, flip his arms around, you're like, oh, that's not human. No, no, no. Only fish can do that. He is a fish. That is a great number three. Okay, my third pick is a pick that many of my family members don't like because many of my family members who like this sport like an older player in this sport and think he is better. But I think for my number three, I'm gonna have to go with Tiger Woods. Ooh. Tiger Woods if We're taking
1: prime Tiger, I see no reason. Prime
2: to. Tiger Woods. You know how many people I've I've argued that Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer of all time and they go, No, it's Jack Nicholas. No. And I go, name one thing other than Masters that neck Na- that Nicholas has more of. You know what they you know what you know what they say? Nothing. Because there's nothing else, I don't think I could be wrong, but this man has won eighty p g a tour tournaments, forty European tour tournaments he has won i believe oh not as many masters as Jack Nicholas has won, which I think is six but could if be you talk about
1: one. total majors, Nicholas has twenty, yes. Woods has 17. He's yes. just behind him. By of three. course, Woods had his career falling out, which everyone knows about. But That's true. If that never had happened, and he just continued playing like a god and, forever. Yeah. And oh.
2: Here's why I would want to I still think he wins one. Here's I why I would want to say Woods, because I think, I think if you put him, Prime Woods and Prime Nicholas in the same era, playing against each other, I think Woods takes away so many... Of those tournaments from Nicholas, especially the majors, I really think he does.
1: The most PGA wins ever, and regardless of major or not, mm-hmm. number one Sam Sneed with eighty-two. Right behind him is Tiger Woods, seventy-nine. Jack Nicholas, quite a bit behind, he's at sixty-three. Yeah. Around the same yeah. spot as where Arnold Palmer is, I think so. I mean, <clears throat> Woods is at the top of every leaderboard. You can exactly, find. And this is a guy who missed a, multiple years mm-hmm. in the middle of his prime, and he's, I think,
2: somewhat in the middle of a potential comeback. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how he will play this season.
1: I think, oh my God, I'd love it if he won the Masters think, this year.
2: I think he will. He will take the record for PGA Tour wins this season. I believe he will easily win at least two or three. And I, so I think he'll at least tie, if not surpass it.
1: So he's at 43 years old as he sits mm-hmm. now. Yes, 43 years old. I think he is in prime striking distance of putting it all together. If you look at his, I agree. he's currently ranked 12th in the PGA Tour World Rankings. In all of his recent events, he's been finishing well. At the uh, Genesis Open, he finished tied 15th. The WGC Mexico Championship, he finished tied 10th. Farmer's Insurance Open, he finished 20th. I mean, he's um, Hero World Challenge 17th. He's he's back being where he should be. And, of course, he won right. the Tour Championship back in September. He finished first place. Yes. So he definitely ha- is playing at an extremely, extremely high level. He's back amongst the golf world's elite. And I think that people know the thing about Tiger that made him so scary in his prime. Uh-huh. And even, I think, still carries weight today. Right. When he's out there on the final day wearing his red and you hear, and he's behind you. The and token. even if you're the leader. And you Tiger can, red and black. And you hear oh. the, the roars from the crowd and you see him start f- f- fumping his fist. You could start the day up oh, six yeah. shots. If you go in and you see Tiger and after hole one, the crowd starts to.
2: You hear that roar.
1: And then another one. And it's. Uh, <sighs> and then all of a sudden you go. Oh shit, he's coming. Tiger's coming. And that's in golfing, you have to have an elite mentality to be the best. You have to Mm -hmm. block out everything. You Mm -hmm. have to block out your bad last course. You got to block out what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. But when Tiger's the one doing it, it's really hard to block out.
2: And he has such an electric, especially when he was in his prime, he had this electric quality on the course that not many players before him had. He just had this weird. I don't know, this weird energy and vibe around him. And in this comeback, I think he's starting to bring that back a little. It, it,
1: we're on the verge of having and, it. And the thing is, all it will take is one major for him to be contending on the final day. And all of a sudden, Tiger Woods is back. And, and of All sudden, of a Tiger sudden, Tiger Woods has won a major. And the next thing you know, he's winning them. Next thing you know...
2: Next thing you know, he's only two back from Nicholas in all-time major The next wins. thing you know,
1: also... The the myth, the legend that he was is back again, and now you have players tightening up. The legend a little overthink your shot. The legend. And now Tiger's coming.
2: Tiger's a great pick. I I love love dominant athletes ever. Love Tiger. Those are my three things. Good one. So I had Mariano Rivera, Lionel Messi, and the Tiger Woods. I
1: had Wilt Chamberlain, Barry Sanders, and Michael Phelps.
2: Wilt the Stilt. That's a great pick for that. That dude was nuts.
1: Couldn't go with the LeBron and Jay. I think I'm going to go with Wilt, who I know can transcend time. All right. Should we move on to my three things? Yeah, let me hear it. Ah.
2: Your three things. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? My. (coughs) Excuse me. My
1: three things. Yes. He's going to be. <laughs> These microphones smell weird.
2: I kind of like them, I believe. This is great audio. I'm sure people are really loving this right now.
1: ASMR? Should we do a little ASMR? We're going to lick our tongues on the roof. Oh god. <laughs> there there's no one listening to this part. Doesn't the matter. Your ship went
2: from a few to 0. Or
1: now it's negative. We are
2: rambling horribly right now.
1: I I don't have my three things prepared. That's on me. My three things I'm going to go with your three, my three favorite
2: favorite We don't have to do one for... We can just cut all this out and just end it. We can do it. We can...
1: No, we won't. My three... Okay, your, give me your three your things. Your three things are going to be <laughs> your three favorite 90s rap albums. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 shit. Yeah. Okay. I'll go start us off if you want. Yeah, to. go ahead. I, I The one I thought straight to when I was going to attack it, I mean, it's... There's a couple easy, easier choices probably. Uh-huh. But one that I want to just go ahead and grab it off the board <coughs> while I can uh-huh. is going to be done none other than... Don't do it. I'm not going to do what you're thinking. Oh, okay. The Slim Shady LP Whew. released January 1st, 1999. Hit songs <laughs> such as... Hi, my name is... (laughs) My name is... That's
2: actually on one of my playlists. Guilty Conscience. Love that song.
1: Role Model. You have My Fault, Rock Bottom. Bad Meets Evil, a lot of really good classic Eminem songs. And this was his first studio debut album. It kind of put Slim Shady, it put Marshall Mathers, it put who Eminem has ultimately become on the map. And it Uh was a shock to everyone that you have this white guy who's going so hard and aggressively spitting words Uh rhyming together that we didn't even know existed. Yeah. (laughs) And he absolutely took the game by storm. I think it was a transcended album. It kind of changed a lot of things in the rap game, and it okay. showed you that you don't have to be rapping about all this serious, real-life shit all the time. It can be right, like... Right, right. You can just go on a rant if you want. You can just rap about whatever you want. That's, That's true. That's of what Eminem did, I in, did with love this that first album. Eminem. The Slim Shady LP, I'll take.
2: Okay. My first pick is going to be from a, a little teeny tiny man called... The Notorious B.I.G.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to go elsewhere. No,
2: no, no. I'm going with Ready to Die. Ready to Die is a great one. I mean, this, if he wasn't already in the spotlight, this album was what truly, I think, absolutely set him over the edge. I mean, one of his most popular albums at six times platinum had some of the most... It was his first album. It was his first album. Yeah. Okay, so this was what put him onto the scene. I could, I thought there was some in the earlier '90s that might have put him on, but because this came out in '94. No, that was right? his first one. Okay, all right. It has probably some of his most famous singles ever, like "Give Me the Loot," "Big Papa," "Juicy," and "Give Me the Loot." Is that a, yeah? Get, okay. Here's the thing about "Give Me the Loot." I don't know anyone who knows that song.
1: But it's incredible.
2: But it is without a doubt. 100% my favorite Biggie song ever.
1: I mean, listen to this thing. Yeah. Listen to this. Better know. Uh, you gotta love Biggie's flow. It's always on point. Oh, it is. <laughs> I mean, that's not
4: Biggie it. Biggie Smalls.
1: Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How my, bad my man Inf left a tech and a nine
0: at my crib. Turned himself in He had to do a bid A one to three He be home the end of 93 I'm ready to get this paper G You with me? Motherfucking right My pockets looking kinda tight And I'm stressed Yo biggie let me get the vest No need for that Just grab the fucking
1: Other than that I love Things done changed I love
2: Things then changed. Um, great Who song. Shot ya, I think Who Shot Ya. Who Shot Ya is a great really song.
1: Really good song, too. Suicidal Thoughts is, might be one of my favorites mm-hmm. on the entire album. Just Playing is another fun. I mean, this album, like, the first time I listened to it, oh, I used yeah. to kind of be a biggie hater, to be honest. Yeah. But then same, I, when same. I actually gave when his was... music a full chance, and I listened to it <clears throat> through mm-hmm. and through, Oh yeah. and you're like, holy shit, I can totally see how this just changed everything. And his
2: flow is just so easy to just get into i feel like it's so easy to listen to him rap about yep. literally anything also bonus track who shot you great great bonus track that came you know later it wasn't initially but it's a great track though but yeah that's my number one pick
1: it's a really good one easy i'm gonna go with an easy one i know one that's obvious mm-hmm. nazir Oh, yeah. A.K.A. Nas. A.K.A. Releasing Nas. probably the most influential rap album ever, arguably.
2: Um, yes.
1: Illmatic in 1994. You wouldn't even well. have to
2: argue that because you would tell me that and I'd go,
1: okay. 10 songs, only 39 minutes long. A
2: crisp 39 minutes.
1: But the whole thing is, I mean, we we like to use the word concise on a well-put-together album. But yes. that this, this album embodies that I mean you start oh, off with sure. the, the genesis but then you instantly go into New York state of mind and when you hear this starting dude I think I think this has a very good case for being named as the best rap song ever made by any artist in any era I would I mean I would yeah, argue yeah. it
3: and yo black, it's time bro. Bro, it's time it's time man I begin yeah Straight out the fucking dungeons of rap
1: The thing about Nas is The greatest storyteller ever
2: Yes, one of the greatest storytellers ever
3: as a monkey flipping with the funky rhythm? I be kicking, musician, inflictin' composition, of pain. I'm like Scarface, sniffing cocaine, holding the M16. See with the pin, I'm extreme. Now bullet holes left in my peep I'm suited up with street clothes, me and nine and out the beat foes, Y'all know my stilo, with or without the airplay, I keep some E and J, sitting bent up in the stairway, or either on a corner betting grants with the silo chips, laughing at bass heads, trying to sell some broken amps.
1: I mean, he goes on forever and ever. He goes in I, on that. My track. favorite song is, of course, "New York State of Mind." I yes. love. I mean, "Life's a Bitch" is fun. "Life's a Bitch" is World great. World is yours is good. World is yours is great. "Memory Lane" I think is probably outside of "New York State of Mind." Probably my favorite song on the album. "Represent" is incredible. I mean, it's, it's, it's represent. It, I feel like that's that's a song that I had. I feel like I had heard pieces of before. I had known
2: of it before I knew Nas existed. But I didn't know who it was right. or where it came right. from. But Same. I heard it both, represent,
1: represent, uh-huh. And the way it speeds up towards the end, and oh, represents oh, yeah. amazing. This whole album honestly gives me chills when you listen to it. So good. There's not really, I mean, there isn't a single bad song this album. I don't think there album. is. I'd say... I think is probably, I think me and you would both agree, this is probably the best song of the 90s. I mean, the best album.
2: Yes, Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah,
1: easily. It's the best album of the 90s. It's
2: so good. All right. number two. My number two pick is from Dr. Dre. Okay. The album 2001.
1: 2001. Released
2: very late in the 90s, 1999.
1: Funny enough, did not come out in 2001. Dr. Dre is no, definitely overthinking or overlooking this one. But this is yeah. another amazing album. You know, this
2: is one of the albums that when you and I had were first becoming friends, this is one of the albums that you said you need to listen. Like, this is when you started creating your list. And you're like, I'm, I'm grading 2001 right now. And I was like, oh, cool. And you're like, no, go listen to it. And I was like, oh, that's what you were saying when you were telling me you were listening to it. Is <laughs> You want me to listen to it. So I did. And because, you know, I'd heard, I'd heard, at that point, I'd heard Still Dre, I'd heard The Forgot Next Episode. About Dre. Um, I had just heard Forgot About Dre recently, so that was kind of a new album on, or new album, a new track, but, I mean, tracks like Bitch, I can't say. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, what else? Um, Bar One featuring Tracy Nelson.
1: Explosive has arguably one of the greatest beats of all time. beep, beep, beep. This song embodies West Coast rap. It does. This is like this is like Schoolboy, but late nineties. And, like and back to Eminem. This is also <coughs> featured. He was featured on "What's the Difference" yes. and "Forgot About Drake. Mm-hmm. Both songs, he absolutely explodes. Oh, for on sure. Insanely good verses, and I mean. Dre does his thing throughout. Dre produces the whole thing, of course. Of I mean, course, right? And he does in a phenomenal job. It's one of the best produced albums, probably ever. I do think about this album that there are some songs that are a little fillerish at times. I agree.
2: It is a very, a very long. I mean, at twenty three tracks album.
1: long, it's hard not to be to an extent. But like even songs like "Some LA," uh huh, act right. Hmm. Um. Murder, Inc. I mean, a lot of these songs are very slept on. Never, You never hear them. Oh, for but sure. But if you're going lick, to lick, don't want to go through the whole thing and you just take the top five songs, right? you're going to have a treat. There, are, This song has, and this album has at least five songs that absolutely should be on every hip-hop fan's playlist.
2: Oh, I agree, for sure.
1: 2001.
2: That is my pick.
1: My final one is going to be Mr. Hove. Jay-Z. H-O-V. Reasonable Doubt. Mm. 1996. Okay. And this is another album. I, I, Jay-Z was a guy who I used to buy into the, oh, what? Like, when I first became a hip-hop fan was 2000, yeah, yeah. I think. Really hip-hop fan. 2006. Heavy, more seven. Fell in love, deep, hardcore. 2008. Okay. The Carter Three was... Kind of was one of my first albums ever that I was like, okay, Lil Wayne was my favorite rapper for a Uh long, long, long time. Right. And it was all this. And then, so I got the blueprint print three from Uh Jay-Z and I just kind of went with it and I kind of never really, you know, it's also kind of hard to find Jay-Z's early work and I always wanted to listen to it. Never had the ability to. Right. Finally was able to listen to it when I got a free trial on title.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then I went straight to reasonable doubt his first studio album. And gave it a listen. And after listening to it, I absolutely felt and understood why Jay-Z is who he is. He comes off, and if he doesn't catch you with his flow, he gets you with his demeanor. And he Uh just comes off, and he's... Swaggiest motherfucker in the room, <laughs> and he's running up like he just doesn't give a shit. He knows he's cooler than you, he knows he's a better rapper, right? Than you right, do. right, he knows he can take your girl, he knows your girl is looking at him like she wants to leave with him right now, he, right? He just always walks in like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's um uh, incredible. Um, this the standouts, I mean, the first four songs I think are incredible. Can't knock the hustle, politics as usual, Brooklyn's finest dead presidents. The Evils, Twenty Two Twos, Can I Live It? All of these songs, uh huh, really, really strong. If I was gonna play a snippet of one, eh, I guess we gotta go with the one featuring Biggie Smalls. Oh yeah, one of the most New York songs you You can get. Think you big time, (laughs) fucking
3: with Jay Z, you gonna die big time. Here come the pain. Jigga, bigger, 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 nigga, nigga how you, you figure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yo, peak the style and the way the cap sweaters. The uh-huh. number one question is, can the feds get us? Uh-huh. I got vendettas and dice games against uh-huh. ass betters and niggas who pump wheels and drive jettas. Take that back with hit ya. Hit ya, back split up. Uh- Fuck fists, fights, and lame scuffles. Uh, Pillowcase to your face, make the shell muffle. Shoot your daughter in the calf muscle. Uh-huh. Fuck a tussle, nickel plated. Sprinkle coke on the floor, make it drug related. Most hated. can hated pay y'all prone, Billy, I run up and
1: stunt. Having Jay-Z and Biggie Small's trade bars oh my on the track gosh. is just so fun. It's so and cool. And I, I do think Jay-Z brought a very unique voice <laughs> and flow. That was the thing that was about these 90s rappers that kind of uh-huh. in the past, five years or so kind of got ruined uh, to an extent by the uh soundcloud generation rappers <coughs> all kind of sounding the same as the unique flows i mean you had the biggie smalls you had the nas you had oh, yeah. the, the jay-z you know like eminem like you have all these guys right and tupac i mean everyone sounded yeah miles different all had, had their own different unique flows s- standard of sound and their own styles Right. Jay-Z, I mean, there's a reason that Jay-Z's had every single 13 for 13 on platinum albums, which uh-huh. by itself is incredible. Insane. There's a reason that he's dating the hottest chick in the game, as he says on PSA. She was at a point. yeah, And she's one of the biggest. There's a reason the dude's worth over a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. There's a reason right. he's still in made dropped four 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 just a couple years ago. Right, and it was right. one of the best albums, if not the best album of that entire year in two thousand seventeen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Jay Z, I mean, he's done it from his and early twenties oh, yeah. all the way to his early forties. And he's right. still showing out and he's still putting out classics. I think he I okay, mean he right. he defeats Father Time, twenty one time Grammy winner, Sean Jay Z Carter, with Reasonable Doubt. That's my Reasonable. third pick doubt who you got.
2: My third pick is coming from the DO Double G. His debut album. Another debut album. Doggy style. I whenever I think it was it was right before I um I went out to study abroad, I really had started get I'd started getting into NWA in kind of late eighties, early nineties gangster rap. And Doggy Style was one of those albums that a few people had told me you should. If you're listening to that stuff, check this album out. And I was not disappointed. It's a again. It's kind of. It's got that Western California vibe to it, right? And Snoop Dogg again has just a unique, unique voice on Doggy Style. Oh yeah, songs like songs like Gin and Juice, Serial Killer. Who am I? Doggy Dog World. Oh, I mean. Snoop Doggy
4: Dog.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: it ushered in. An I'd, era. I'd, I'd,
1: one song I love. Jeez and Hustlers is good. Off- very one good. song that yeah. I, the first time I listened stunk at or stood out to me that yeah. I thought was a really just fun song that I was not expecting at all uh-huh. for like a, stu- a studio debut album from yeah. Snoop Dogg was Ain't No Fun.
2: Ain't No Fun.
3: Ain't no fun of the homies play that this one the from all the guys a
1: bow it's a little bit long of an intro but I'm gonna let it ride because it's, it's fun it's just too much fun and it's the end of the episode it is the end of the episode because it's <laughs> our podcast
4: Tonight, baby. Before you opened up your gap, I had a respect you for your lady.
2: This track oozes early nineties
4: five.
1: I didn't even get to get to the chorus yet.
2: It's a long. Tra- it's a long song.
1: I told you it's incredible. Long to get to the chorus.
2: It's a great song. In that song, again, it, it it's Western California style, but again, it's it's Snoop's style. Kind of that, you know. I'm sure rappers before him have said "lick my balls," but it's never been in the way that's like the. It's it's just a, he said the people on tracks like that on his albums say "lick my balls." in the most groovy possible way Wait. they could.
1: No and, the no and, the but the th- and then it goes straight from that and this whole time we're two and a half minutes in and now Snoop comes in. Guess
3: who's back in the motherfucking house with a fat dick for your motherfucking man Holes recognize niggas do too cause when bitches get scandalous and pull a voodoo Snoop,
1: what? A, Snoop's awesome. I mean, he's Snoop another dude who's best. made himself relevant to this day. Oh, for and it, sure. it's kind of weird to me how I mean I guess the other guys had more success in the early 2000s and such. But right, like, right. How Jay Z so relevant in pop culture today? Yeah. And Snoop Dogg isn't as relevant as Jay Z, but he's still extremely relevant. I
2: don't know that. I don't know that Snoop wanted that kind of relevancy that Jay Z has. Though. Yeah. Well, he's still and relevant. Plus, and, he and he has he's it. He's like a he, meme lord. He now just on he Instagram. has it in a different way. He's a meme yeah. lord on internet. He's just a dude and that's Dre, always Dre rolling always blunts and smoking too. weed and but just
1: like someone like Nas isn't really around that much. It's crazy. So, what were your final? My final three were Slim Shady LP, yes, Nomadic.
2: Reasonable Doubt, Reasonable Doubt. My three were Doggy Style, 2001, and Ready to Die.
1: Six great '90s albums. Six Check them out. But before you do that, be sure albums. to leave five stars subscribe share with a friend and listen to oxymoron
2: absolutely also tweet at us at
1: the captain underscore closer or
2: at gus Huntinghake. we will i promise answer literally anything we will do literally anything Tell us about your concerns. What uh, what, we is a, will do anything. what is upsetting you? We will talk about what is upsetting you as a fan, as a non-fan, as someone as who hater. was just randomly on pod the podcasting app and was like, this is kind of a cool logo. Let me check it out. And you realize this wasn't anything at all about cooking because, you know, that's just where our podcast probably <laughs> lands because, you know, <laughs> not that
1: many people listen to it. But and it gets mistagged but it's not and, you know, we're not whatever. upset it's, it's okay whatever hey, man we're
2: on apple that's all that matters again leave us that rating give us your comments subscribe we will be back next thursday with some more sports entertainment three things will be back as per usual until we then we
1: will also be recapping 2 Chains album coming out tomorrow, Rap or Go to the League. Oh, okay. So, we will be discussing that on we next will week's episode. We'll be
2: discussing that in depth.
1: We'll see you Take it then. easy. See you guys then. We brought then. you in with Drake. We're going to send you off with Drake and his best bud Lil Wayne. So far gone, Drake's first studio album. This one's called Ignite Shit. Have a good day, everyone. See you guys.
3: Yeah. I appreciate your patience tonight It's been a moment since I've done some public speaking I find nowadays it's, you know, best to keep quiet But uh, sometimes you just gotta let it out Young angel and young lion You know what it is Uh, look, I'm the property of October I ain't drive here, I got chauffeured. Bring me champagne, flutes, rosé, and some shots over. I think better when I'm not sober. I smoke good, and no glaucoma. I'm a stockholder. Private flights back home, no stopover. Still spitting that shit that they shot pop over. The shit my mother looks shocked over. <laughs> yeah, but with a canvas, I'm the group of seven. My migraine, take two, excedrin. I'm the one twice over, I'm the new 11. And if I die, I'ma do a reppin'. I never do it.